Hey guys, welcome back to We Talk History. And today we have a special guest who is a well-known psychologist that has written a book on the history of mental institutions. Please welcome Rianair. Hey guys, thanks for letting me be on the podcast. I'm so glad to be here today. Yeah, for sure. We're so happy you joined us today. Anyways, today's main topic is the U.S. history of asylums and mental institutions. And I have a couple questions for you. To start off, could you please explain us exactly what a mental institution is? Well, a mental institution is basically what the name suggests. It is a place for people with mental illnesses to stay at. The dictionary definition is a place where individuals that suffer from psychiatric disorders live while being given treatment. Now, um, I was reading up about where the first mental institution had been started, and apparently one of the first known psychiatric hospitals were in Cairo and Baghdad during 918 AD. Is this true? Yeah. One of the earliest mental institutions, based on our knowledge, was created in the Arab world. The Arab people viewed those that suffer from mental illnesses as the afflicted of Allah, and we can see that different cultures had different reactions to those that suffered with psychiatric disorders. On one hand, we see the Hindus being very patient and tolerant to those that suffer from mental illnesses. And on the other hand, we can see Westerners reacting to mental illness patients quite horribly. They even went as far as to go claim that they were being possessed by demonic forces. Yes, and going off of that influx of theories regarding mental illnesses being connected to the devil's work, we can see it resulting in the increase of belief of witchcraft being associated with a mental sickness throughout Europe and North America. We see that those that suffered from mental illnesses were often labeled as a witch or a practitioner of dark magic throughout Europe and North America. The U.S. in itself had a very interesting reaction to the introduction of people that suffered from mental illnesses. Could you please describe the U.S.'s history of mental institutions and asylums? Yeah, definitely. I mean, going off of what you said, mental illness patients were very much disregarded in the United States. Many Americans believed that the reason for mental illness was spiritual or religious failure. And as a result, several individuals that suffered from mental illnesses were not given proper treatment and were normally looked after by a member of the family. However, there were cases where people that were mentally ill ended up in jails and almshouses. As a result, the first mental illness institution was created in 1752. The Quakers opened a hospital in Pennsylvania. And they actually had a couple rooms in the basement with shackles on the walls to keep a couple of mental health patients. The pressure for more space grew as the number of admissions increased. And in 1856, they had officially opened the Pennsylvania Hospital for the Insane. Something similar actually had happened in 1773 in Virginia. In order to prevent the mentally ill from bothering others in the community, the government, specifically Virginia's legislature, it helped create a psychiatric hospital, which grew and, and eventually became the Eastern State Hospital. This was also seen in New York when they opened a section of the hospital for mentally unstable patients, which was upgraded to the New York Hospital Cornwall Whale Medical Center. Yeah, there are several examples where similar occurrences had taken place. I mean, by 1850, every state in the United States had at least one psychiatric hospital and every single one had expanded. By the mid-1900s, almost every hospital had at least 500,000 patients. However, the number of patients started to decrease significantly after treatment methods started to become available. To be honest, I'm not even sure if you can call them treatment methods. 
I mean, they seemed more like torture methods to me. Instead of treatment methods, instead of asylums, several asylums were known to chain their patients to the walls, freeze them, and physically abuse them. Some of the so-called treatment methods were lobotomies, which is when you perform surgery on the prefrontal lobe of the brain. This, while this might have helped with the original mental illness, it also caused several other mental impairments. There was also the practice of trepanation, which was when you would bore or saw to get rid of a small section of the skull. Another method which was used on patients was metrazole therapy. Essentially, a doctor would use a stimulant medication like metrazole to activate a seizure. I'm sure that with all of today's equipment, some of these methods might actually be safe and beneficial, but the thought of doctors conducting such surgeries with limited knowledge is just terrifying. Yeah, going off of what you said, mental health patients were viewed more as test subjects versus actual patients. While some of the doctors might have had good intentions, the methods they used were beyond heinous. I also, I also heard that another issue with a lot of mental asylums was overcrowding. There was even one mental asylum that was believed to be catering to over nine times the amount of patients the house was built to care for. I believe that the name for this asylum was the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Oh, yes. That is a very notorious asylum in the United States. It was built to care for around 250 patients. However, in 1949, the institution was providing for over 2,400 patients. However, with this institution, that was one of their lesser, lesser issues. An investigation of the place held by Charles Charleston Gazette revealed that they had locked patients in cages, had conducted lobotomies using inappropriate and inadequate tools like ice picks, and even neglected hundreds of individuals in their care. Thousands of patients died in the trans allegheny lunatic asylum, so much so that it is known now labeled as a haunted asylum for paranormal hunters to explore. This is just truly frightening. Thank God things have changed and that this is no longer as common anymore. I mean, without Dorothea Dix, this could still be an issue that mental health patients would have to go through. Yes, she was one of the most important advocates for the mentally insane. Dorothea Dix changed the way people perceived those that were mentally unstable. She had visited hundreds of mental health institutions in the United States and wrote down the horrible conditions that they were living in and the inhumane treatment that they were given. She showed all the information she collected to the state to state legislature and was able to slowly reform the mental health institution in the United States. I believe that another key figure in the mental health information was Louis Dwight. It was said that he would provide prison inmates with Bibles and when he went to the prisons, he often saw prisoners that were suffering from conditions and those that were mentally ill. After the seeing the mentally ill in a prison, he started a reformation group that made it illegal to imprison the mentally ill. And that had helped mental hospitals improve their conditions and treatment plans. The name of the reformation group that he started is the Boson Prison Discipline Society. There were several important people that had helped with the reformation of mental asylums, and we owe it to them for ensuring the safety of those that were mentally unstable. They lowered the stigma around mental illness significantly and encouraged individuals to seek help for themselves and their loved ones. 
Many famous individuals were able to talk about their mental illnesses because of the because of these people. Billie Eilish, who is a famous singer, is a great example. Because of the help of organizations and other people, she was able to finally come out and tell the world that she suffered from several mental illnesses, such as anxiety, body dysmorphia, and self-harm. The support she got despite exposing all this all of her mental illnesses that she suffered from shows how society has grown. Society now has more knowledge on mental illnesses and really you can really see how the brain works. And if you look at today's mental health institution, it is clear that there was a definite increase in the safety of such institutions. Instead of having mental asylums, we now have psychiatric hospitals that are under the state government and local communities control. They are more focused on caring for the person unlike back in the day and where they were trying to find a place for them to not cause an interruption in society. Yeah, and going off of what you just said, I mean, you can definitely see that there was a large improvement in treatment towards mentally ill patients. Because of people like Dorothy Dix, that brought attention to such a violation of basic human rights. People that suffer from mental illnesses are now protected through laws and policies. These important figures taught people that those with mental illnesses are not evil and that a mental mental illness is like any other physical injury. Because of this, the image of those that suffer from mental illnesses changed. They are no longer viewed as a curse, but as some that is suffering and simply needs help. Because of this shift in the way society viewed mentally ill, individuals, medical care, and treatment options have improved very much. One option is you can now go see a therapist or a psychiatrist and get actual treatment. There's also apps that help teach individuals to overcome their mental illness. In addition to all this, the number of groups and organizations that are helping decrease the stigma around mental health issues have made such a difference. I mean, only a couple decades ago, people associated with mental illnesses with the devil. So looking at how much our thoughts surrounding mental illnesses have evolved and how much has changed, it is clear that things are getting better for those that will suffer from mental illnesses. So yeah, guys, that will be all. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Rhea, for joining us and coming to speak in our podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. I had a wonderful time. That's great. So that will be all. We will see you later. Bye, guys.